This episode of Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast is brought to you in part by Southeast Overland. Check out southeastoverland.com for all your Toyota 4x4 and outdoor adventure needs. You are listening to the number one Toyota truck and SUV podcast, Toyota Trucks and Trails, with discussions from restorations to racing, interviews with folks from all over the Toyota community, product and event reviews, and much more. We are sure to offer something for you. So sit back and enjoy the show. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Uh, Welcome to Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast, episode 61. I am your host, Jason Hoffman. With me, as usual, is your co-host, Rich LaRusso. I'll get it spit out. I, I did it. I did it right the first time, folks. Uh, a, a little behind the scenes of what's going on. This is the second time um, in like five minutes that we've tried to record this intro, and because uh, Jason has fat fingers and can't manage to uh, hit the record button on the recorder, we missed the first part of it. So I had to start over. Um, anyway, how you doing, Rich? Great, great. I'm doing great. Yeah. Something tells me just just by the tone of your voice that you're 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 not being a hundred percent honest, or or uh, that may not be the word that I'm looking for, but uh, so, something along those lines. Mostly, I'm clowning around. Yeah, yeah. No, mostly I'm just clowning around, but uh, I'm a little annoyed because I had a uh, a uh, frozen brake caliper that grounded me from being able to attend the event the event uh coal mine cruiser classic the last few days but uh other than that i'm in i'm in good spirits well we uh we all miss you and you know i i wish you could have made it and uh i know a lot of a lot of other folks that were there you know mentioned that they were a little let down that you weren't there but uh, i don't uh just just to prevent you from getting a big head buddy we we still had fun without you so Hey, I always got a big head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just joking. It, I'm just, it, that, that was, is that why you wear tight-fitting hats bad. to keep it from getting too big? Is that what the deal is? Hey, all the pants are tight. You know what I'm saying? No, no I don't. Who am I? Who am okay. I? T- well, who am I talking to? Because <laughs> you're, you're, you're starting. You're starting to remind me of that one guy over on the the Nissan Nation podcast. So. Uh, Rain it. Who is that guy? Rain it in, buddy. Who 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 is that guy? Is that that uh, that guy with the soul patch? Yeah, you know that little tuft of hair on his lip. What is that guy's name? Bird, Mister Bird. No, that 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 would be that would be Dave. I'm I'm referring to uh, the 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 left coast half of that show. <laughs> Or I guess left coast third, third, third of that show now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we need a laugh track to go to go along with those horrible jokes. Yes, yes, absolutely. And because that that would be the only people laughing laughing at it. To uh, to prevent this from turning into uh, turning into Toyota Trucks and Trails reviews Nissan Nation podcast, let's uh, let's move move on to something else. <laughs> <laughs> we love our friends over at Nissan Nation Podcast, uh, David Boyd, who's, I guess he's, he's, he's the big cheese, the head poncho over there. He, uh, he kind of got us started. 
So uh, we have to, you know, get our jabs in as well as uh, pay our respects. Right, right. Pay pay credit where it's due, and and uh, still poke poke fun at him. So I think he's uh, I think he's right. used he, to that. Yeah. Yeah. And hey, listen, anybody driving a Nissan is is used to the jabs from the Toyota crowd, I think. I think anybody driving a Nissan is used to jabs from anybody. <laughs> I, I was I was just going to leave silence after that, but, you know. Any- yeah, I, I guess they're getting it from... From every angle, but anyway, yes. Let's move on, folks. I apologize. I I, I literally just uh, uh, an hour or so ago w- walked in the door from uh, from my drive home from Coal Mine Cruiser Classic. So I'm I'm still a little little road weary and and uh, trying to uh, trying to get my wits about me. So please please forgive me. Rich doesn't understand that because Rich didn't show up. So he. He's well rested and ready to go. It's it's it's, it's going to be a long episode, isn't it? <laughs> well, let's let's get into this. We we got a great great event to talk about. Um, even uh, even if you weren't there, hopefully I can can do my best to uh, to fill people in on some of the stuff that went on and what they missed out on if they weren't there. So, um, what do you want to start okay. with? Well, um, I, I guess for, for our listeners, we'll talk about Coal Mine Cruiser Classic, which is uh, the signature event put on by Gotham City Land Cruisers, who are based out of New York. Um, and they have been doing this, uh, gosh, what is this, the... So from what, like what, I understood, something, right? what, I, what I understood last night at the raffle, was there was some, some debate on how long this event has been going on. Um Ah. Some people think 18 years, other people think 19. So uh, I guess the uh, yeah. the guys from Gotham City are claiming 19. So, And I don't have a horse in the race, so I have no idea. Well, but that's that's what they said anyway. So, All right. Well, this event's been going on just under 20 years. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just I was just going to say one way or, one way or sort another. Of I, it all, I, right? I mean, we we, we kind of make you know make a light joke about it, but it, in in all reality, like, it's been uh, going on for a long yeah. time. So, um, it uh, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's 18 or 19 years. It's it's anything over fi- over 15 years is is a long running event. So, yep, yep. Um, now they are a Toyota Land Cruiser Association or TLCA uh, sanctioned club, and uh, they hold this event at uh, Roush Creek Off Road Park, or at least they mostly have uh, in its history up until now. Uh, and that's kind of where the Coal Mine Cruiser Classic name comes from, and is that's that's all old coal mine territory up there. So. <clears throat> uh, this year, they changed it up a little bit by sort of having a point-to-point camping or overlanding or whatever the heck you want to call it. Who cares what the label is? I know that uh, the O word is sort of taboo uh, in, in certain circles. So who cares what it's called? Um, there were some people out there doing, uh, you know, like a four-day trip around. Was it what, what was the name of the state forest, Jason? Uh, Bald Eagle. Bald Eagle State. Uh, State Forest, I believe. If I didn't get that right, I apologize. But I know 
I know we were in Bald Eagle State Forest, at least for, for part of it anyway. Right. And um, so there was, you know, it was a point to point camping. Uh, um, there was, I, I believe they capped it at 10 vehicles, uh, which of which I think it was nine because I didn't make it. I don't know if if uh, everyone who signed up actually made it. But um, I know I, I did see some pictures and, and we'll share some pictures with our listeners of, uh, you know, of the cruisers. Some of them had trailers. Yeah, or I think most most of them had trailers, didn't they? Uh, there was From only uh, let me think three three of us that had trailers. So uh, okay, and there was there was only uh, I don't I I don't remember now how many how many trucks the the uh, the trip was capped at. Um, I thought it was eight. You said ten. Um, we both we, we, we you know. One or the other of us might be right. We might both be wrong. Anyhow, they capped the event, and there were six trucks total that participated. So um, still a very, very nice turnout. Very, very nice. Yeah, and and six trucks for that kind of thing is probably as big as you want to be anyway um, in terms of group size. Yeah, I don't don't think if it would have been much bigger than that – it wouldn't have been unmanageable, but it wouldn't have been as manageable as it was. Uh, you know, every everything went, and and we'll get more into to the details of it as as the discussion goes here. But uh, you know, every everything went as as smooth as smooth as it could. And like I said, with with more trucks than that, I think it would have uh, it would have just got a, a little different, a little more difficult to manage. Some some people may disagree with that, but I'm uh, I'm all for a smaller group of. Uh, Smaller group of guys and smaller group of trucks and that kind of stuff. So well, that's great. Um, <clears throat> so uh, four days or three days? We left out uh, Thursday morning and came back Saturday. We got back to uh, Twin Grove Campground um, around three four o'clock uh, Saturday afternoon. So uh, mm. three days and two nights. Oh, that's great. That's that's a nice little trip, and it sounds like it was pretty relaxing. It it absolutely was. Um, we we met up and and did uh, did check in and vehicle registration and that kind of stuff at uh, at Roush Creek Thursday morning, and they kind of uh, they kind of got to, to us first, uh, or it seemed that way anyway, as far as vehicle inspections and that kind of stuff went. And as soon as everybody had their had their inspection sticker from. Uh, from the Gotham City guys, uh, we pulled out of uh, out of Roush Creek's parking lot and made a left turn, and I was lost from that point on. Um, I, I I have no idea where we were uh, in in Central Pennsylvania somewhere, but uh, you know, you and I had talked about it a few episodes back, Rich, about uh, about the scenery and that kind of stuff. And uh, folks, if you've never explored the uh, the backcountry roads of central Pennsylvania, you, all I can say is you have no idea what you're missing. Um, there, it, it, it almost seemed like traveling back in time uh, to a certain extent. And, and I don't mean that as a, any kind of a diss to the people that live there or anything of the sort. It just the old buildings and farms and, and that kind of stuff that are, are, are still in existence there and, and, and that kind of stuff is just uh, 
if you're into that that sort of stuff it is it, it, it the the back roads just getting to uh bald eagle was awesome absolutely amazing yeah, uh, Pennsylvania is easy to fall in love with the lands there. It, it, the, you've got these rolling hills and lots of farmland, so you've got these, you know, uh, wide green fields and you know on hillsides, and and uh, you you really get that uh, you know feeling that you're you're way out, you know, away from everything, and you and you kind of are. Uh, it, it really only seems like a, uh, you know you're much further from civilization than you actually are out there. Yeah. At, at any given point, we could have been, you know, I, I guess relatively, relatively close to, to some kind of, uh, some kind of civilization, but it sure didn't feel like it to me. Um, you know, it, it, it felt like we were, we were in the backwoods, um, the, the entire time. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, as I said, I just walked in the door, and, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to grab my atlas out here. Uh, we get done recording and and try to get an idea of you know where exactly we were at and where we went and that kind of stuff, and and uh, just kind of wrap my mind around uh, around what what areas we were in and and you know roads we took and that kind of stuff. I I don't remember all of them, but uh, hopefully I'll get uh, get an idea anyway. So how was the uh, how was the weather throughout the trip? I, I bet you liked uh, it being a few de- degrees cooler than than uh, Tennessee. Probably not that drastic of a difference, but probably a little cooler at night, I would guess. Uh, a, a lot cooler and a lot less humidity. We had you couldn't ask for better better weather. Um, it may have been nice to uh, to have gotten just a little bit of rain to knock down some of the dust on on some of the the gravel and dirt roads that we were on, but. Uh, as far as temperature and and that kind of stuff, it it absolutely gorgeous. I, I'm guessing um, low to mid 80s during the day and uh, mid 50s to to low 60s at night. I just just perfect, absolutely perfect weather. That's great. That's great. Nice and easy to sleep at night. Yes. And, uh, yes. Relax and and. Uh, <clears throat> And and the pictures I saw, it, it looks like you had a nice campfire every night, and uh, I saw some uh, fine meat products being grilled. Yeah, the uh, the first night um, we had, uh, I don't know how how uh, Pennsylvania and their their state forests categorize their campsites here in Tennessee. It would be considered a backwoods uh, camping area, um, no amenities, no uh, no nothing, just kind of a, a clearing in the in the woods and they may come in with a weed eater two or three times a year and, and kind of knock down the weeds. Um, that said, it was a beautiful spot. Uh, plenty, plenty of room for all of us to, to get in and, and each of us kind of have our own individual little, you know, camping area set up and that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, a nice fire pit and, and, uh, yeah, the, the the first night was was fantastic. Um, the the camping spot the second night was a little more of a modern campsite. There were bathrooms close by, and and um, in all reality, actually, other other campers uh, fairly close to us. But uh, it was it was okay. You know, even at that, we we had our 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 own little little group area that we we stayed in, and and uh, it was. 
uh, other than the fact that we were we were fairly close to to a uh, a road that ran through that park there was a lot of traffic on on that road but uh still very quiet and and uh somewhat somewhat secluded secluded spots so uh absolutely no no complaints about the uh about the camping spots or or anything it was uh Whoever picked those out and, and set that up did a did a, a fantastic job of of uh, deciding where we were going to uh, where we were going to, going to have camp and that kind of stuff. So, uh, well, it sounds like uh, it sounds like things started out okay. Um, so, it's point to point camping. So you you set up camp the first night and everybody got to get acquainted and and meet and everything. Uh, and you got to go to sleep with a nice full belly and relax. So that, that sounds great. And then moving into day two. Um, so you set out on the trails. Um, what, what, you know, what was that like? How long were you on the trails? Was it a full day of driving and, you know, anything eventful happened on the trails? Actually, we, we had more trail time Thursday getting to the first, the, the first place that we camped. Um, the the plan was uh on friday we we packed up at our first first camp friday morning and it was uh i guess a relatively short distance from that campground or from that camping spot to the second second spot that we were we were going to camp and uh the the plan was to to get over to the the second camping spot, set up camp, and then go out and do uh, do a little more wheeling and that kind of stuff. Um, we we made it to the the second camping spot, and there were some some cool things to see around there. Uh, some of the guys took a short little hike and and went and looked at a railroad tunnel, and the, the, we were right along right along a really really nice creek. Um, just down the road, there was a a, uh, a lake of sorts that uh, one of the guys and, and his son that was with him, um, Bob, you know Bob, Rich. Yeah, um, Bob is uh, president of the FJ Northeasters Club. Yes, yes. Uh, th- they went down to the lake and, and uh, kind of did a little bit of swimming and that kind of stuff. And, and we we sort of wound up at camp and... and uh, I'll be honest with you. I'd I'd had all the all the driving after driving all the way up there, and that you know all the driving the first day and that kind of stuff. It it felt kind of good just to uh, just to kick back in a camp chair and enjoy the breeze. Um, so uh, I turned out to be a, a a really really lazy fool Friday and and didn't do a heck of a lot of of anything during the day after we got got camp set up. But uh, Friday night, we went into, uh, I want to say it was the town of Milfenburg. Does that sound right, Rich? Uh, I've never never heard of it, so I can't say you're wrong. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think that was it. If not, I apologize. Um, th- there I'll, was an, I'll Google it on my really loud keyboard. <laughs> look, that, look that crap up, Jamie. <laughs> Only real podcast fans will get that. Get that because I, I, I'm going to guess you probably don't even know where that comes from, Rich. Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania. That's it. That's it. Population uh, thirty five ninety four. Okay, now that we, now that we got the name of the place down, um, we we headed into Mifflinburg, 
um, Friday night and ate at a uh, at a little uh, uh, pub brewery uh, thing there in town. Um, really good food. The Rusty Rail. Um, no. Uh, no. I'm drawing an absolute, okay. absolute blank. I should have wrote some of this stuff down. Uh, not well, in, incidental. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, that doesn't doesn't make any difference one way or another. But we uh, on the way into town, we actually uh, took kind of uh, took kind of back roads, getting back to uh, to pavement from the campground. Did a did a little bit of wheeling um, on our way into uh, into town to eat Friday night, and uh, that was. Uh, that was a good time. Just you know, uh, didn't have the trailers behind us and that kind of stuff, and and just able to kind of kind of cruise along and and uh, climb up these rocky switchbacks, you know, to get to, uh, to get get to the top of that mountain and then drop down the other side, and and uh, we eventually wound up on paved roads and then and then followed them on into town. But uh, went in, like I said, went into town and and ate and. Found a little gas station where everybody topped off with gas for the next day, and uh, grabbed a, a few essentials at uh, at a little grocery store and that kind of stuff. Things that uh, that people had forgotten. From there, we headed back to camp Friday night and just uh, just had another uh, another enjoyable night sitting around the campfire, um, having uh, having a really interesting conversation. So it sounds like it was a uh, nice, relaxing trip uneventful um were how did your uh trailer do on on some of those trails uh were they mild trails i, I would guess they're state forest roads right so they're probably not too not too robust not not terrible um although uh, i guess a little more than what what i was expecting um i i will say that my my trailer uh was uh, slightly unprepared for uh, for some of the trails that we were on. Um, I felt kind of bad. I, I felt like I was kind of holding the rest of the guys up. Everybody, you know, it was real cool, and and, and you know, everybody said, "Don't worry about it. Just do it. Do what you got to do," and that kind of stuff. But uh, uh, Rich, we talk all the time on on the podcast here about not being not being that guy that's holding up the show and that kind of stuff in in a lot of in a lot of areas. And and I was definitely starting to feel like I was that guy that was was uh uh not not able to keep pace with every everybody else and uh i gotcha. i i felt bad about that um and not making excuses i i, I just i i didn't know what what to prepare what to prepare for and uh i was you know evidently a little bit ill prepared so but uh it, it all worked out um the uh the little runaway didn't the the trailer itself, from what I can tell so far, didn't suffer any. Isn't any worse for wear. Um, it did come from the factory with some some uh, stabilizer jacks on the on the back um, that are no longer there. So uh, unfortunately, I donated one of them to uh, to the forest road that we were on, and the other one I had to uh, had to remove with brute force. But uh, I will. <laughs> I, I'll, in a pry bar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'll I'll dig into that, and get something figured out with it. But no, it it did great. Um, for uh, for what it was, um, it has. Uh, 
I, I, I'm I'm glad that that my wife was there. Um, it, it's going to make it a lot easier in the future to, uh, you know, when there's there's things that I want to do to the trailer that she will, she kind of understands some of that stuff a little bit more now. You know, it's a, it's a little easier for her to uh, to actually experience uh, dragging it across rocks instead of just being able to pull it down the trail. So uh, it it should make um, some of my small future plans for it a little bit a little bit of an easier sell to uh to her anyway so and you weren't really ever planning to turn this into an off-road trailer no anyway, not at but, all uh, not at all things just kind of happen as we all know yeah it, and even with the future plans of the trailer it's still not going to be a a you know a, a hardcore off-road trailer that's going to going to get drugged through the hardest trails that that i can find um, I would just like to make it a little more robust than than what it is right now. So, yeah, yeah, and and probably uh, now are the the trailer jacks. That's that's not a real expensive uh, sort of uh, fix anyway. I mean, it, yeah, it's an expense, but uh, it's not uh, it's not the worst thing that could have happened. No, absolutely not. No, like, like I said, if uh, if that's the worst that that happened to it for for the trails that we were on. And for the experience that I got from it, it's the first time I've ever, I drag a trailer from one end of the country to the other. And that is, that's the first time that I've ever, you know, uh, even on, on the terrain that we were on, which wasn't, wasn't rough, um, by, by normal standards, but putting a trailer behind me, it was a completely different experience, you know, uh, something I had never done before. So having, having that experience under my belt and, and, and that kind of stuff, if, if that little bit of, of uh, damage, which is something that I wanted to change anyway, is is the worst that happened, I have no uh, I have no complaints whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> do, do you find that the I I don't have a ton of uh, trailer experience off road myself either, um, but uh, you know I've I've tinkered with it a little bit and 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 I've talked to some people and. You know, just to see what things to look out for and and stuff like that. Uh, do you have? Uh, did Did you pick up any tips or tricks or anything we can pass on to our listeners about uh, driving off road with a trailer? Uh, the The only the only good advice that I can can give anybody is watch your trailer only as much as you need to, um, because if you watch it constantly, you will freak yourself out. Um, <laughs> or at least, at least I did. Anyway, I I had to, uh, I had to get to the point where I, I just only looked at it when I really felt like I needed to uh, pay attention to what I was doing because it will, you know, at least with mine and and uh, unlike your trailer or or the other couple of trailers that were on this trip, Rich, um, one of them was a very similar setup to yours where they had a rooftop tent mounted, you know, on top of the trailer. Um. They're they're quite a bit shorter profile where where mine is uh, mine is kind of tall and uh, very narrow, so um, it doesn't take much of an off camber situation looking at something in the rearview mirror compared to your truck that's sitting somewhat level or maybe slightly off cambered the other way to uh, to look like it's really out of whack behind you. Um, I'm sure it wasn't nearly as bad as as what. Uh, is what it looked like in the mirror, but uh, just you know, gl- glancing back in the rearview mirror, it was enough to uh, 
to uh, kind of shake me up a little bit a, a, a few different times. So, uh, again, it was the first time, and uh, I'm sure if uh, if I can get some of the things done to it that I'd like to get done, and, and like I said, make it a little more robust next time won't be uh, won't feel nearly as nearly as sketchy. So I have to ask you, and, and you're probably one of the few people in the world that can answer this question. Uh, as somebody that drives a, a big rig, um, how, you know, did, did any of your experience in driving a, a big rig trailer, uh, you know, help you, help you out uh, driving an off-road trailer? O- only in knowing that you have a trailer behind you and... You know, when you when you try to neg- uh, navigate around something, remembering that the the trailer is not going to take exactly the same line as the truck does, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. You know, with a with a short trailer like we have, it's not nearly as detrimental as as uh, the trailer I pull at work every day. But um, even at that, it 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 doesn't. Uh, it's not going to track the, exactly the same around a around a corner. So. Um, trying to uh you know if you're going going through a rough rough section and that kind of stuff you have an extra axle that you have to uh you have to think about where those tires are going to land on on an obstacle or where they're going to bounce over a a rock or you know are they going to drop down in that rut you know that that you were trying to avoid with the truck that that sort of stuff um it's just a a uh a little bit of an added uh I don't want to say challenge because it, it wasn't hard. It's just something else to just something else to to think about and and keep in mind, you know, all the time. So, yeah. So it it influences your your line choice, which you know, um, just a, a mat, you know, visualizing it uh, makes makes a ton of sense. Sure, sure. But um, <clears throat> other than that. Um, so you got to explore the forest, splash around, and, and relax, and and uh, get some get some trail time. Um, but uh, we, I guess uh, we didn't really talk about uh, what other what you you had your FJ Cruiser pulling a trailer. What other uh, what other vehicles were were present? Um, it, it, honestly, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I was I was pleasantly surprised by the uh, by the vehicles that were there. Um, our, our trail leader, uh, Don Deal, um, had his, his 80 series Land Cruiser and, uh, he, he had a trailer, uh, behind his, behind his 80. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, Bob Reeling, who he, he, we mentioned earlier, had his FJ Cruiser. I had my FJ Cruiser. Um, and then there was, there was two hundred series Land Cruisers. One of them had a trailer. The other one did not. And a fifth gen forerunner. That, that rounded out the the six uh, six trucks. So and the the one gentleman with the uh, with the hundred series with a with a trailer, um, he and I were were kind of in the same boat. Um, he had uh, literally finished his his trailer up just uh, just in time to make this trip. Um, he said he was had been working on it up till about four thirty or five o'clock. Uh, Wednesday evening before he left out Thursday to head to Roush Creek. So uh, we were, we were both dealing with an experience that we had, we had never dealt with before. So uh, 
I don't want to speak for uh, don't want, his his name was Cliff uh, McKay, and I don't want to don't want to speak for for Cliff, but I, I'm sure that that we would both echo a lot of the same same sentiments about the the first time of dragging a dragging a trailer behind us off road. So very good. Um, so she so had a kind of a mix of IFS and solid axle cruisers. Land cruisers, uh, or should I say, non-land cruisers? Well, we honestly we had predominantly IFS trucks. The only solid axle truck in the group was was uh, would be Don's would would have been Don's eighty. The uh, you know both hundreds were were IFS, and and uh, of course the uh, the FJ cruisers were, and and the Pip Gen Forerunner. So, um, yeah, in 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 that setting, I would have expected um, I would have expected more eighty series. Um, you know, that, it, that seems to be kind of the go-to, go-to vehicle for, uh, for that kind of thing. But there were, there were, uh, I, w- I was pleasantly surprised to see the, uh, the hundred series or, or two of the hundred series there. Um, my only downside to that was my wife being around them for, for a couple of days in a row is now infatuated with, infatuated with hundred series land cruisers. So. And not that I have a not that I have a problem with them, but yeah, I, I've I've got enough Toyos in in the yard without her, you know, uh, green lighting another one that we don't need. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then there's the their their 100 series Lexus counterpart is the uh, LX 470, right? Uh, yes. So there's there's that. Yes. So ho- hopefully she doesn't see that. Um, but they can be had uh, inexpensively. In fact, I've been seeing quite a few of them uh, coming up on the market. And, um, you know, I think for, for someone who's going to use them mildly, they're, they're, they're a great platform. You know, they're um, pretty, pretty strong. The, uh, you know, the downside is if you want to lift past uh, three inches, you know, you've got that torsion bar limit. So uh, there is that. But um uh, you know, I think if if you know the the camping or overlanding or whatever you want to call it uh, thing, we we have to come up with a new term because we can't say overlanding. It's it's you know, well we can. I mean, who really cares? But uh, well, that it, platform it, it, is ide- sort of ideal. Ideal for, for that. Yes, size, you've got the power. You know, it's yeah. it's yep. a lot of advantages to it. Yeah, it's kind of a kind of a big vehicle, um, width wise. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much difference the uh, the wheelbase is between a, a hundred series and an, an eighty, for instance. But uh, I know they're they're slightly wider, or they look wider from the outside anyway. But uh, yeah, overall, I mean, you, you couldn't ask for a, you couldn't ask for a better platform to uh, to start from. And you know, uh, it's a hundred series Land Cruiser. You couldn't ask for something that's going to be any more comfortable to uh, to drive down the road in. So. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They they're certainly very comfortable inside, and and uh, I, numerous advantages, especially if you you're bringing a family or or dogs or something with you. Um, all that aside, um, so you the trip continued until Saturday. What uh, what was the schedule like Saturday? What happened? Um, Saturday, I. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, it kind of felt like I'd been holding people up on the trail and that kind of stuff. And and they were going to, uh, <laughs> pardon me, um, they were going to do a little bit of wheeling on the way back out. And I opted out of doing that. Um, 
I had uh, Dawn was patient enough to uh, to get a map out and, and kind of guide me back to uh, back into town and get get me on a highway. And uh, so I went that way, and the rest of the group kind of uh, kind of took some more you know dirt roads and fire roads and that kind of stuff. And we ended up meeting meeting back up um, on uh, out on Highway Forty Five, and I know that doesn't mean anything to uh, to the listeners, but that's the best best location that I can come up with. Uh, we still had uh, probably an hour, hour and a half, maybe a little bit longer than that, even back to uh, back to uh, Twin Grove, back to the campground uh, where everybody else was at. So we. Uh, the wife and I got there, and, and we waited on them for, uh, oh, I don't know, 45 minutes to an hour maybe, but there were some really cool old buildings across the road that we couldn't figure out what they were, so we took the opportunity to uh, to spend some time on our phones Google, Googling what these buildings were, and uh, turns out it was a, uh, a mental hospital that was built in the, in the early 1900s, so... Uh, <laughs> it was uh it was kind of cool to get to get to see that and and uh you know actually had the opportunity while it was fresh on our minds to to just sit there and dig into it and and uh, and find out what it was so yeah there's some uh there's there's some cool old old stuff like that around Pennsylvania and i i know probably you guys uh talked about centralia a little bit but uh I, it doesn't look like it was on the itinerary no, uh, it, it come up in conversation, um, you know, here and there, but, uh, we never, uh, I, I have no idea. Um, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to dig a map out here that tonight after we, we get done recording and find out how close we even got to it. Um, I have no idea, you know, where in the vicinity it was. I'm sure we were close, but I, I have no idea how close we actually, actually got to Centralia. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's, it's, you know, what you can see of it is, can be kind of a disappointment anyway. So, sure. Uh, I'm sure they, they, uh, didn't think about it for very long when it came up because it's, you know, it's just sort of been off limits for so long. And, right. And, uh, uh, somewhat abused by some of the visitors. So best to just go around it. But, uh, I know that comes up on, on everyone's mind and it's a shame. We sort of missed the boat on Centralia. Um, years ago before it was closed down, I, I had opportunities to go and I passed it up or couldn't make it for whatever reason. And of course now that's that, but, um, but at any rate, so, um, <clears throat> did you stay for any of the, uh, rest of the club events or I know you had a long ride home, so you probably, uh, you probably didn't, didn't stay around for the, uh, formalities, uh, at, at the event. I would imagine you, you just skedaddled home. Well, actually, I did stay around. Um, ah. We we got back to uh, got back to to Twin Grove and and uh, ended up. Uh, I I ran into uh, to owner Azari, uh past TTAT alum that that's been on the show before. Owner was at the event and uh, had an opportunity to visit with him and uh, a uh, a gentleman from Georgia that. Uh, I knew was going to be there, but it it, it had kind of slipped my mind. Um, uh, he actually helps us with uh, with the Great Smoky Mountain Tri Ride, and has every year that I've attended attended the event. He is he's helped us with uh, selling raffle tickets and and just anything anything we need him for. And uh, he was he, he goes to uh, 
goes to Coleman Cruiser Classic every year and has for for many years. And it, so it was kind of kind of all old hat to him. And I I, uh, I ended up running into him and and kind of picking his brain about how things worked and that kind of stuff. And uh, Regina and I talked about it a little bit. Like you said, we had a long drive to get back home and that kind of stuff. But um, we kind of got to visiting with a few people, ran into some uh, some listeners of the podcast and that kind of stuff, and just just chatting with people a little bit here and there. And before we knew it, it was it was meal time, and we thought, well, we're here, we might as well just go ahead and eat. And uh, so we ate, and, and figured by the time we got that done, we would uh, we, we we would just uh, stay for the raffle. And uh, I, I have to say that uh, I, I did. For the first time in a very, very, very long time, folks that have listened to the podcast for a long time know that I say when I buy raffle tickets at a at an event, I pretty much know I'm just donating to uh, to whatever cause that are trying to trying to raise money for. But uh, I, I actually came out of the out of this raffle. Um, uh, I, I did pretty good. Did pretty good. I won off a one off of two tickets. So uh, my win streak at, at events in Pennsylvania over the past two years are better than anywhere else, you know, any other event that I, I've went to. So I guess if I want to win anything at a raffle, the, you know, the, the way the odds are looking right now, I have to go to an event in Pennsylvania to, uh, <laughs> to come out, you know, with, with anything out of the raffle. And, and I'm good with that because it, this is, uh, this is a, the, the second event that I've attended um, in Pennsylvania, and I've had an absolute blast at both. So uh, that uh, you know, if the, if that's the way it is, and that's the only only way I can get anything out of a out of a raffle, and folks, please don't take me wrong. I I don't. I am more than happy to uh, to buy some raffle tickets and walk away with nothing. That I, I'm not not a sore loser. But uh, at the same time, it's kind of nice to uh, kind of nice to win once in a while too, and and. Uh, Feel like uh, feel feel like you're getting something out of, something out of it like uh, like other people do. So, well, that's great. What so what did you win? I uh, won some uh, a couple of gift cards. One to East Coast Gear Supply. Um, Ooh. Another one to Spectre Off Road. Um, another one to oh, it's a company um, A to Z Fabrication. Um, I guess they're uh, kind of a local company up in that area, or or New Jersey area maybe, um, and some random swag here and there. You know, I, I come home with a, a entirely new wardrobe of t shirts and, and and that sort of thing again. So uh, that's always cool. You know, I I, I like t shirts. I can put those to use. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I have to remark too, and and. Um you know, as, as someone who's an event organizer and has been to tons of events, um, I, I, I have no doubt that you'll you'll um, agree that uh, the Gotham guys know how to run a raffle. I mean, they 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 run it like clockwork. Like you come up, you get your crap, and you get the heck out of the way. <laughs> very much so. Yes, very much so. Uh, I mean, they've been doing it for long enough where they've, they've refined the process. And, and, and if that comes off to anyone as negative, it, it is definitely not negative. I mean, being stuck at a raffle for hours and hours and hours is, is frustrating and draining. And uh, you probably saw actually a lot of people win, too, because I think they, they sort of get, gather enough prizes and structure things so that there's enough of a prize pool where the, the chances of winning are pretty good for everyone. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I won, so that that's you know that that speaks volumes for for uh, how good a job they did of, of spreading <laughs> things out. And you know, to to kind of piggyback off of what you said, you know, for for folks that just attend events and, and you know get frustrated with with how a raffle uh, works, um, there is a lot that goes. There's a huge balance between trying to make sure that you have enough raffle prizes and trying to make sure that you bundle enough stuff together that you don't have a seven hour long raffle. So, um, you know, for for folks that aren't a part of that, try try to keep that in mind the next time you're at a, at, at a raffle and it's it's uh, it's running a little bit long or or something along those lines. There's there is a ton of work that goes into uh, into putting that together. So. Uh, instead of gr- getting grumpy about it, just uh, just be grateful that there's people that that are uh, willing to take the time to do it because it is it is a lot of work. And the grumpiest people are the ones who you know buy tickets and don't win. So yeah, you, there is that. As a general rule, yes. <laughs> but um, I, I know when when um, you know I, I was involved with putting together the raffle for FJ Northeasters for a couple of years there. I took a lot of lessons from how those guys ran it just, just because it, it ran so smooth and they just, you know, kept it moving, kept it moving. It was kind of fast paced, you know? Um, so you almost didn't have time to get bored or angry because you had to, you had to pick your ears up and listen for the next number. Yeah. They, they did a fantastic job of, of keeping things moving and, and, uh, a lot of uh, a lot of great prizes and that kind of stuff. So they they uh, evidently put a lot of work into uh, into gathering up prizes and that sort of stuff too. Um, I know, you know, all I- anybody that puts on an event puts a puts a lot of work into that. And, and uh, I know they were uh, they along with with again any other event organizers were are, are always grateful for the uh, for the support of the community, whether it's vendors or or. Uh, you know, attendees and that kind of stuff. So, um, did you get to meet any of the club officers? I, I mean, I've been, um, you know, I've met these guys a, a bunch of times, and they're all great guys. I, I just hope you got the the a chance to, because I'm sure they were, you know, busy running around like chickens with their heads cut off, as you know, uh, at events. I, I did. I, I spent a couple of minutes uh, talking to uh, to a couple of different guys, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I, I wanted to talk about this this anyway. Um, I, I, they were uh, they made a point to uh, to come around to all of us that were that were, were a part of this this expo run this year, and you know, kind of pick our brains and and see what we thought of it and that kind of stuff. And it seems like it's really something that they want to see. Um, that they want to see succeed and are willing to, uh, you know, kind of adapt to changes and, and take, uh, take construct, constructive feedback and that kind of stuff. Um, it, it, it just, it meant a lot to me that they, uh, they almost kind of looked me out, you know, uh, not, not just myself, like I said, any, anybody that was on the ride and, and put a lot of, a lot of effort into making sure that everybody enjoyed it and, and, you know, um, were, were there things that you didn't like would, were, you know, if we do it again next year, are there things that you'd like to see do, you know, done different and, and that kind of stuff that means a lot to, uh, to an attendee to, to have them, uh, uh, feel like they're that concerned with making sure that people had a good time. Yeah, that, well, and, and that, that's the right thing that it's really great to hear them 
doing that. Um, but uh, and not to sound negative, that that is how event organizers should handle things. You know, they should certainly when they introduce something new, you know, collect that feedback hot while it's hot right there on the spot and uh, see how it goes. I, I think this was a great idea on their their part. Um, and you know, uh, hats off to you know whoever. You know, organizing some sort of point-to-point uh, -point camping multi-day thing um, is is a bit of work. You know, you've got to find the places to camp. You've got to make sure you can be there and that enough vehicles will fit. And a lot of times you have to um, scout it out or pre-run it if you don't know the area. So it, it's quite a bit of work, and, and there's some risk-taking, and, and you need some fallback plans. So there's a lot of thought and planning that has to go into something like that um, as best you can. It's a different situation outside of an event, you know, when you're just with three or four of your friends and, and you say, well, let's just go here and see what happens. And everybody's pretty well prepared. But in the context of an event where, you know, you have people that may not know each other, you don't know their vehicles and you don't know their driving skills and stuff like that, you sort of have to put it together with a safe zone around, you know, a safety net sure. around it so that, sure. you, you, you know, there's contingency plans and you can account for different builds and, and things like that. So it, it is quite a bit of work and, and it sounds like they pulled it off successfully. I think it's a great addition um, to an event, especially a long running event, because um, people that have been attending the event um, for many years may be like, oh, you know, and Another day wheeling at the off-road park. Oh, I can go anytime and and not have to, you know, pay for the event. So, um, you know, I'll skip the event. It's more of an incentive to actually attend the event, I think, because you've got options. You know, it's like, well, I don't have to just, you know, go over the same trails, especially for us here in the Northeast, where uh, our option pool is a little smaller than other regions of the country. You know, um, we've only got a few off-road parks, and uh, our little states all crammed together up here. Um, don't always have the best local ordinances for for uh, right. getting out and enjoying right. the very states we pay taxes to live in. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm am I getting a little grumpy? But um, <laughs> the 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 you know the the point is just that um, you know for for folks up here, it, it certainly offers an alternative to. Uh, the same old rigmarole, you know, especially up here where a couple of different clubs have events at the same park, you know, you can end up going to the same park three or four times and, and you'd be surprised. I don't know how many acres Roush Creek Off-Road Park is, but uh, you'd be surprised how quick, you know, even, okay, how many years have you been going to Windrock, which is a pretty good sized park, but you probably know it well enough to where you feel like, oh gosh, you know, another, another jaunt to Windrock, you know, right. um, where, where, you know, it gets to the point where you just, you're going more to support the club and see the people, see your friends, which is fine. You know, I mean, I think it is about the people, right. Foremost, but you, you still want to take your rig out and enjoy it and, you know, explore some trails or go four wheeling or roll your rock crawler or whatever you're into, you know? So it, the, the fact that, um, you know, maybe this will sort of um, throw the flag up for other clubs to see, hey, you know, there's there's another way you can do things. There's an alternative that will accommodate those folks who, you know, are kind of sick of the same old stuff. Yeah, I, I winded way of saying that. <laughs> well, it it, it it all makes sense, though. And, and I mentioned to a to a couple of the guys up there that we uh, a couple of years ago, a couple of years in a row, 
Um, we tried to do something like this at, at G Smitter, and for for whatever reason, um, it just didn't uh, it just didn't work. And seeing the uh, seeing the, the success of of this ride at this event kind of gives me hope that that maybe we uh, maybe it's something we need to to pursue trying again and. Uh, you know, maybe tweak a few things about it and, and change a few things around and, and see if we can't, uh, see if we can't make it work at, at you know, something similar at, at our event. Um, like you said, I, I, I think it does a lot to, uh, it offers an option to, uh, to folks wanting to, to attend the event. Um, you know, with our, with our event at Winrock, we, we have a vast, uh, vast array of trails to to ride on and that kind of stuff but um some people just want to get out and and get away from stuff and uh it uh, we we all after the second year when it, it kind of fell apart we we just decided well maybe it's not uh maybe doing something like this at an event isn't the right way to to go about it and and you know we we do several rides a year and that kind of stuff that that kind of involve that that same sort of thing and if people want to do it they can they can come with us then but uh like i said having having been a part of it this year uh, at coal mine cruiser classic and and seeing the the success of it and and talking to the other people that participated and that kind of stuff um it's definitely uh definitely making me wonder if it's not something we should try again well um you know you mentioned that you had tried it a few years back it could just be a case a very very simple case of you had a great idea but the timing wasn't there you know sure was, people's heads weren't really there yet sure trends come and go in in the four by four community just like in any community whether it's music or, or knitting or whatever there's there's trends that come and go and and so uh, the the point to point camping, you know, in trail running or overlanding or whatever you want to call it, is is what a, lo- a lot of people want to do. It's not what everyone wants to do, but it's what a lot of people want to do. So so maybe trying it again in in the current climate is is uh, is something you know um, that would be more successful. And and I like the way Gotham uh, Gotham City Land Cruiser structured this so that. You know, you sort of did the, the the trip and then ended at the event. You know, uh, so that you know you still got everyone back in the same place uh, for for the big shebang at the end of it all. You know, which which you know uh, I, I can't imagine any other way of doing it. I, I think, but um, you know that <clears throat> that structure I think is is uh, helps tie the event together in the end. Yeah, for, <clears throat> pardon me for sure. Um, it, it it was. I'm with you. I don't I don't see being able to make it work uh, differently than that. And it was really cool to be able to come back and, and you know at, at the end end of it all still be able to uh, you know I mentioned earlier that I, I ran into several people that or a few people that I knew not several but a few people that I knew and that kind of stuff that uh, had it ended differently I, I I wouldn't have had the opportunity to uh, to get to visit with those folks so. Um, yeah, bringing it bringing it all back together at, at one place with the people that stayed at the park and and uh, you know done the the, the hardcore stuff there and, and and you know then those of us that went and did did the other thing all all being back at the same same place uh, we we all had our uh, we all had our own 
own stories to to, uh, to tell in the end. That's great. Um, so um, you, you you missed out on the on Wheeling Roush Creek, which you got to see a little of last time you went there. But uh, you're, you're so how overall uh, the event you you know uh, it sounds like you you'd give it a a, a 100 out of 100. Does that sound? <laughs> oh, oh to- totally Ab- absolutely absolutely um roush creek was it, it was and is a, a, a great park um you know i said when i went up to the uh the fj northeaster run last year my only regret with uh with that trip that i was in my fj cruiser instead of my instead of my forerunner i i know that i would have uh i would have enjoyed roush creek a lot more in the in the forerunner than i did in, in the uh in the fj but it was uh, it was still cool to get out and, and explore and see what the place had to offer. Well, that's good. Um, I, well, I guess we'll we'll try and wrap this up now. We're going to uh, set up an, an interview with the club officers of Gotham, which we've actually been trying to do uh, for for quite some time. I've been trying to set it up, and we wanted to to do that at at the event. Of course, then I couldn't make it. But then we also thought, well, it might go a little bit better. Um, just in the couple of experiences we had this year for, you know, for our listeners uh, and, and Jason, I know you'll, I have no doubt you'll agree. Um, it's pretty tough to interview event organizers at the event because they're so busy running the event. And when they do finally get time, you know, that's their, that's their cool off time. That's their wind down time, you know? So they, uh, you know, say the event's over and, and the, the guy who's organizing it, you know, doesn't even get to sit and, and have his cold his or her cold drink um, and then cut to cut into that time and do an interview. We didn't, didn't we, we, Jason and I talked about it and we said, well, let's try things a little differently. Let's talk to the club officers, you know, over Skype or something and, and, and get a nice calm sit down with a, uh, with a cool beverage and, you know, just chat about the event rather than, you know, this, this pressured, exhausted sort of feel to it. Um, so uh, you can look forward to that. We're gonna we're gonna be setting that up and, and getting that coming in, in a uh, future episode, hopefully um, within the next week or so. But uh, no promises. It's tough. We've got to get three or four people all to get in this in, in the same place at the same time. So yeah, we we will definitely work on that. Um, I, I spoke with a couple of the the, uh, the organizers before I left last night about it and. Uh, kind of got got to put a bug in their ear about it so they they know to be expecting it and uh, said they would would be happy to do it so the listeners can look forward to uh look look forward to hearing from those guys like you said in uh, in an upcoming upcoming episode so the event is coal mine cruiser classic and that is hosted by gotham city land cruisers out of new york the event takes place in tremont pennsylvania at roush creek off-road park every year for the last 18 or 19 years (laughs) yes sir and uh so hopefully our listeners can get that on their calendar for for next year and and check it out because and and honestly the people are are friendly um very very nice people a good deal of them are are true new yorkers and uh you know live in the city and then go out in the country with their land cruisers and uh you know uh 
course, you know, New York City's got this bad rap and stuff. You, you really won't find a nicer bunch of people. And in the 4 by 4 community and on the trail, uh, I, I r- rarely meet people that are just not cool. I think Jason would agree. There's always one or two, but they're the minority. The majority of people out there are great. And, and the uh, the folks up here in the Northeast are, are probably would surprise people from other regions with their hospitality. And I, I, I would agree with that 100%. Um, I know I, I said when I went to the FJ Northeaster run that I was pleasantly surprised how, how welcoming everybody was and, and assumed that this event was going to be the same way. And I, I was not at all let down. So, uh, and those guys know how to eat. How was the barbecue? Cause I, I know that they have a, uh, a, uh, they were worked with a uh, different caterer recently. So I was curious to see how the uh, barbecue worked out. Very, very good. Um, for so wait, wait. Now, how does it compare to Southern Barbecue? Well, I, I, be I, completely I, honest. I, I was, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, <laughs> it was very good for not being Southern Barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there'd be a catch. <laughs> no, it, it, it was good. The 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 uh, the folks that that catered the meal did did a fantastic job. It was uh, it was very very good. And and and, and I, I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to deny, I, I enjoy barbecue, but I am not uh, a barbecue aficionado. So, um, you know, if it was, if it was cooked on a, on a, uh, on a smoker and it has a smoky taste to it, to me, that's, that's good barbecue. Um, you know, I mean, unless it's cooked so dry that it turns into to, to jerky or something like that, but this was, uh, this de- definitely wasn't like that. So. Hey, everybody loves a good jerky. I, I, Am I right? Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, just maybe not for a meal. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, you I, can't really, you can't really have jerky be your dinner. I, I can see if you're like uh, in a survival situation, right? But uh, right, I, know, I, if you're I, in a survival situation and you brought jerky, uh, you got enough problems. So I, I do have to say, I was uh, uh, the the only thing that I was let down with about the meal was. Um, you know, I, I believe that uh, Great Smoky Mountain Trail Ride still holds the uh, holds the record for uh, for the best dessert delivery. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, they they had some really good homemade blueberry uh, blueberry pie and ho- homemade apple pie. It was it was uh, they were both uh, they were both delicious, but it was not uh, you know a four foot wide bowl of, of, uh, banana pudding. So an, an entire hammock of banana pudding. Yes. yes. <laughs> so, uh. well, that's great. Um, hopefully our listeners, uh, uh, take our hints and, and check the event out next year. Absolutely. Yeah. Folks, you know, if you're, if you're looking for, for an event to, uh, to go to, you know, um, midsummer next year, definitely, uh, you know, I know we've got listeners all over the country and that kind of stuff, but if it's uh, if it's an event that that you can possibly make it to, um, it uh, it is definitely an event that one hundred percent gets gets my endorsement. And if the uh, if the expo ride like like uh, I went on this this year, if they're doing that again next year, and that's something that uh, something that you think you might be interested in, um, I one hundred percent recommend it. Um, the, uh, the area that we rode in and, and that kind of stuff has, has a ton to offer as far as views and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, 
you know, one of the most favorite things for people to do at, at Winrock, where I wheel all the time, is there's a a, a a big ledge up there that that is kind of referred to as as the the lookout or the overlook, and uh, that is that is a very cool thing for Winrock. Um, we drove by uh, eight or ten of those that to me were you know had just just as awesome of, of a view as as the one at Winrock and, and there were there were tons of them that just like that so uh, you know if you you enjoy getting out in the woods and and uh, you know just uh, kind of enjoy the solitude of it I it, I definitely uh, I definitely recommend it excellent excellent oh um, I almost forgot did you see any Amish people? Uh, more than I could keep track of. Yes. Um, really? Yes. Yes. So you got to see the buggies and, the and everything. Yes. So yeah. I, I know you were really looking forward to that and you, you wanted to know if you would see any, uh, any Amish folks running around, uh, but, but you, you, it, it, it came to be so commonplace. You didn't, didn't turn your head. Yeah. At, at, at some point, um, you know, when we were on the, on the paved roads and that kind of stuff, um, having to, uh, negotiate around their their horse and buggies was uh i mean they live there and and they they definitely have uh have you know every right to be on the road but um it uh it, it gets interesting to try to make sure that you're being respectful and safe and and that kind of stuff so uh yeah plenty of uh plenty of amish people <laughs> I almost detect a, a hint of negativity. <laughs> no, 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 no. If, if I came across that way, I didn't mean to at all. No. Um, fine, fine people they are. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely unexpected to be rolling down the road and oh, buggy, you know, and you, you've got to uh, got to uh, you know proceed safely. You know, you don't want to spook somebody's horse, but right. it seems like they have their horses pretty well trained. Yeah, I I think that you know in that aspect they're they're relatively accustomed to traffic and that kind of stuff. But I I don't uh, I still don't want to be that guy that does something wrong just because I don't know what you know proper uh, horse and buggy on roadway etiquette is. You know, so uh, try try to balance it and and uh, you know be a nice guy about it. So now you know how we feel when we drive down south. Hey now. <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding um well um i think that about wraps up the event we um did you have anything else to add uh no like i said uh you know if, if any of the listeners you know if it's it's been an event that you've thought about going to and and uh we're on the fence about or whatever um like i said it it it, it has my endorsement great great bunch of guys that run it um I didn't, uh, you know, obviously didn't get to hang out with people at Roush Creek and that kind of stuff. But at the uh, at the raffle and dinner last night, everybody was having a good time and and uh, um, just uh, I, I if you want to go, make sure you're you're there next year. Excellent. Um, so, moving forward, um, do we have any? Of a, we we don't have any well, not too no no listener feedback. I guess we're we must be doing good work because nobody's yelling at us. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if we're you know people are are just being quiet and because we're doing a good job or people have stopped listening. But 
The numbers aren't saying that they're not listening. They're they're out there for sure the, this, and growing. Very very true. Very true. No, uh, we 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 don't have any listener feedback, and we don't have any uh, we don't have any uh, community spotlight necessarily. But we do have a new segment to to introduce in this episode. I'm 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 excited about the new segment. Well, do you want to introduce the new segment, or do you want me to do it? Well, um, the, I, I, I'll, I'll let you, I, I think you should. Uh, not, not that I'll let you, but, you know, that doesn't sound right. But I, I think you should because you uh, were instrumental in, in getting this put together and, um, you know, basically did all the legwork and, you know, dealt with uh, this gentleman's insane personality. All righty then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, folks, we had a we had a listener reach out to uh, reach out to me uh, a few months ago and uh, had a request for for something that he would like to hear on the show. And he and I talked about it a little bit and uh, just kind of tossed ideas back and forth and that kind of stuff. And and at, at the the end of the conversation, I, I basically told him in the best way possible, man, if if you want to hear this on the show, um, then then just take take the the reins and run with it and and do it and uh, send me an audio, audio file and I will I, I will get it put in the show. So uh, our buddy Dan and and the longtime listeners, um, you have heard me butcher his last name. You have heard Rich butcher his last name. I actually thought that I had gotten to the point where uh, I knew how to pronounce his name. And I was informed that by him that I still am not saying it right. So he sort of gave me permission to refer to him as Dan I-9 because um, his last name starts with an I and has nine letters after that. Um, y'all figure out how to pronounce it. Uh, Rich, do you, have any, do you have anything to add there? I, I just call him Icky Dan, and I don't think he likes it, but it's it's growing on him. He'll he'll soften up. Uh, he he's a good guy. I, I think yeah. I, I think he takes it all in good fun. Um, yeah, Dan, Dan's a great guy, um, and and I think he's he's. I, I, I'm just excited that he's taken the initiative to do this and and contribute it. Uh, you know, contribute to to the podcast, and and I look forward to uh, his his work with doing this. I. I really appreciate it and it's it's just nice to see someone in the community say hey i have this idea and i i you know what do you think and have them run with it and uh have it come out so cool and 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 that's open to all our listeners and and you know i i think that really sort of sets the stage for how we like to see the show run um because we love the community and and seeing members of the community be so engaged that they you know, want to contribute something. I think that that's, you know, I think that's just, just great. So, uh, without further ado. Yeah, well, we'll, uh, I, am going to give a, a brief, just a real brief d- description of what, what Dan's idea was. Um, Dan pointed out to me that, uh, there are, are that, that, you know, we as, as a podcast have done a, a good job and I appreciate that Dan of, of talking to, uh, talking to vendors and businesses and that kind of stuff within the community. But Dan thought it would be, be neat to, uh, to hear from the people in the community. 
and you know he, he pointed out that there there are people out there doing some some really cool builds and and that kind of stuff and that uh that maybe you know through through the podcast that that we could that we could highlight those those individuals and and their particular truck um so like i like i said i i basically told dan that if, if he wanted to do it to uh to run with it so Dan is he's he's already got a couple of these in the can. We're going to uh we're going to run the first one that that he gave me. Um and I I feel like a com- complete schmuck. I will make sure that I I don't do this next time. Um I do not remember the guy's name that Dan interviewed for this this interview. I I I know that he says it throughout the the interview, but uh I, I sincerely apologize. Um, I will make sure that I, that I am better prepared for that next time. Uh, but without further ado, we will uh, we'll get into this and, and uh, let Dan fill you fill you all in. Welcome to a new segment of Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast called Reader's Rides. My name is Danny Pkamola, and I will be interviewing members of the Toyota community and talk about their rides and their builds. Okay, and with me today is Michael Cottrell, who has a FJ Cruiser that is uh, highly modified. Uh, welcome, Michael. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, Dan? Very well, very well. Thanks for being on the show. I'm uh, very excited to get this segment started with you as a uh, I consider you uh, one of the guys that I've met in person um, with a nicely modified truck. So, tell me, uh, tell me about what you have. You have an FJ Cruiser. What, what year is it, and how long have you had it? So I, I have a 2008 FJ Cruiser 6MT, and I've had it for about, I'd have to say, about a year and a half, two years now. A year and a half. Okay. Okay. And obviously, you bought it used then. Oh yes, so, definitely. What made you decide to uh, to get an FJ Cruiser? Why not a Forerunner or Tacoma or, or a Jeep? That uh, that brings me to this. Um, so I was actually in the market for a Forerunner. Yeah. I was actually looking for a fifth gen. Okay. I had I had just totaled my third generation Forerunner. <laughs> just totaled it. And I was looking to upgrade to a fifth generation Forerunner, yeah. about the 2014 mark. Mm-hmm. One day, one day, I guess Dad was looking on Craigslist, you know, just looking at Toyotas like he normally does. Yeah. And he says, he says, "Hey, Michael, look at this." He's like, "This would be a great buy if you could drive stick." <laughs> I look, I looked at it. It was a. 2008 FJ Cruiser with about 102,000 miles on it. Oh wow! For 16.5. Okay. So I actually ended up calling the guy that night after dinner, and we arranged for a meetup that Saturday. Yeah. I met the guy. Met the guy. Looked over the vehicle. Ended up buying it. Ended up buying it and drove it home without a lick of knowledge of having to drive stick. <laughs> Learned that on the fly, huh? I gotta say that, that 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 was the one day I did not want to get stuck on a hill at a red light. 
That was my dog just burping into the microphone. That was fantastic. Thanks, Julie. Good job. So you drove it home. Um, first time driving a stick. Did you burn the clutch up? Or did you make it home? I made it home. I was able to actually run a red light to keep from having to stop on the hill. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but but it actually made the two-hour drive from Pensacola to Mobile in one piece. Right. Without that's... me smelling the clutch. <laughs> well, that's, that's a success, right, for a first trip? Oh, yeah. And then it sat in the driveway for about two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. So... <laughs> Um, this was then not obviously not your first uh, your first Toyota. So how long have you been off roading Toyotas? How long have you been into the, the Toyota off roading thing? So like 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 most people in the community, our parents started us young. So of course, Dad had a '93 Toyota truck that he always used to drive me around in. Yeah, and then he moved and he got himself a 2000 Toyota 4Runner Limited 4x4. And that ended up becoming mine on the on my sixteenth birthday. Oh, nice! So that's kind of where it all started, Dan. Okay, okay. Just modifying the Forerunner with what little cash I had from the side job, side job from high school. Until she died. Until you killed it. Yes, I, I actually was able to get a supercharger on it before I actually rolled it. <laughs> Does that have anything to do with it? A lady pulled out in front of me, and um, instead of me hitting her in the side because she pulled across the lane, yeah, I actually hit the ditch because a steel bumper to the side of the um, minivan would have just caused chaos. Probably, yeah. That's a good call. So I, I almost saved it until I hit the very little dip of the, the a little divot in the ditch, and it just rolled me. And that's it. Wow. Did you get hurt? Actually, no. I climbed out the um, driver's side window. Truck still, truck was still on. Ended up cutting it off. Music was still playing because I didn't turn the key all the way. <laughs> and just waited for the police. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I, I can still hear the, um, the Mac Miller playing. <laughs> the Mac Miller playing as the police pulled up. Oh, great. It's <laughs> a <Some> memorable moment. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, so, it was definitely. So then we're off to the, to the FJ Cruiser. So how long after you had it did you wait until you started modifying it? Uh, maybe about two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. What was first? Um, I, I actually did a um, retrofit. I upgraded the um, headlights to D2S. 4.0 projectors from the retrofit source. Oh, okay, nice, nice. So, that that was really the first mod. That was the first thing. So, now um, a year and a half of owning it, and she's she's come a long way. So, uh, you've done quite a bit of stuff to it. So, tell me what what your favorite mods are. What what are the favorite things that you've done to it that make your truck stand out to you? Your, you know, your favorite things. So, what can you tell me? So, of course, after the retrofit. I ended up just saving my money and put three and a half inch total chaos long travel on it. Right away. Right away. Okay. Right out the gate. Still had the factory bumper on it. <laughs> okay. What'd you do in the rear? So the rear is the um, total chaos links. Yeah. With the um, Superflex HD coils. Um, I am running King two and a half inch shocks with red knob adjusters. Oh, nice! And 
I am running a um, curry cantilever anti-rock um, soy bar. Oh, nice. Very nice. Um, yeah, funny story. First trip to Jamboree, we noticed a little wobble on the way home. Yeah. And I had bent the sway bar out there at Jamboree. Oh, man. Just bent it too much dropout. Yep. So that, that, that was, that, that's what needed to be done. That's what, that's what needed to be done. <laughs> Got that fixed. So last year at, at Jambo, you had the long travel on there, which is when we met first. Um, since then, you're now on 37-inch tires, correct? Yes, 37, 1250 R17 Cooper STT Pros. Oh, God. So uh, how, uh, how big is the hammer that you use to make that fit? It's about a three-foot sledge. <laughs> oh, and a Dremel. <laughs> I can't can believe it. I had Dremel for the size, for the, um, you know, the small, the small fine-tuning. Yeah. In there. <laughs> did, you, uh, did you have to relocate your front body mounts or, or the um, ones behind I, the wheel? Honestly, I didn't have to. Um, I didn't have to actually relocate the body mounts. I just did the um, body mount chop like every other FJ Cruiser. Yeah. The um, the three and a half inch long travel actually pushed my tires out far enough where the body mount really doesn't hit. Oh, that's perfect. All. That's perfect. Yeah, because it seems that going to thirty sevens without a long travel, that's like the, the whole body mount has to be picked up and moved back a few inches to clear that and. And massive surgery in that wheel well, of course. So it sounds like you you were able to circumvent that with the long travel. Yeah, um, in the rear, I actually had to um, I had to cut about three or four inches out of the back half of the um, pinch weld. Yeah, and then I welded it back. Oh, okay. Welded it back for the tire to actually fit at full bump. Right. Nice. Very nice. But that that was the extent of making the thirty sevens clear. Yeah. So then, fast forward to this year, thirty sevens on your FJ at Jambo. What happened? So, so okay. So of course, my FJ is a two thousand eight. Yep. So as all FJ Cruiser owners know, I'm stuck with the eight inch rear end. Right. So that that leads up to the carnage in this story. <laughs> on so um jam- so jamboree this year we had the bright idea to sign up for a um for a trail ride yeah so we signed up for an orange two trail ride which is right below the right below the most difficult yeah and the trails were saturday night live and sunday cruise mm-hmm. so we get to saturday night live thomas is real jittery already he's like Oh God! What have I gotten into? <laughs> so, so he gets up there, takes about five ten minutes. He he makes it up, and then I come. Takes me about a minute to walk up the wall at Saturday Night Live. Yeah, nice. Which, if you're not familiar with it, it's about a three foot. It's about a two to a three foot ledge. Yep. On a on about a fifteen to twenty degree angle. Yeah, it's it's a good one for sure. Yep. So. So, of course, Saturday Night Live, if y'all are familiar with hangovers, always comes into the Sunday cruise. <laughs> yep. So, so of course, Sunday cruise, into Sunday cruise, it's about a four-foot ledge. Yep. So, I come up to the ledge, pop my front tires up, 
I back up to readjust, bring my rear tires up to the ledge, and then I I let out. And as I start to go, the tire doesn't even spin, and you hear clink. There yep. goes. Yep. There goes six six teeth off the ring gear. Six. Yep. I've I've heard that sound. It's the sound you hear once, and you won't ever forget it. Fortunately, it wasn't oh. my truck when I heard it. You were inside. <laughs> oh, I definitely, I definitely heard it. And then I was like, well. So I backed down and made it up the bypass. Made it up the bypass, and that was the end of my jamboree run. That was the end of the jambo for you. Yep. Pouring rain, having to bring it up to the, um, to the little pavilion at the front so, so I could work on it the next day. Yeah. So, of course, I'm kind of bummed. So later that night at the um, vendor area, a guy pulled me over to the side, you know, just to talk trucks. And I get a tap on the back while I was talking to him. And I turn around, and it was Pat from Total Chaos. Uh, apparently, he had heard about my recent carnage earlier that day. And he, and he said, and he said, here, it looks like you might need this. And he hands me a beer. Ah, nice. Yeah. And I bet chaos. that's exactly what you needed. Yep. Total Chaos always looking out for its customers. Yeah, Pat's a great guy. Yep, for sure. He said, if you can get your truck straightened out, we'd love to have your truck in the booth for the rest of the weekend. Needless yeah. to say, you did that. Needless to say, the next day we busted our ass to get that ring gear out of there and got it over there to the booth. So, Saturday... Saturday night, of course, you know Jambo is known for its raffle. Yes. So I'm I'm sitting through the raffle. Of course, I had already bought a hundred raffle tickets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> before before the carnage. Right. <laughs> Hoping for that new ring gear, huh? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, of course, we're it's about ten o'clock. Raffle's almost done. And then I, then I hear my number get called. Yeah. I hear my number get called for the raffle. And do you know what it is? What is it? I win a Toyota Jamboree hat, a Trail, a trail Toys um, soft jackal, and a Bear Tracks ring and pinion install. <laughs> nice. Gift certificate. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so somebody must have been looking over me. Yeah, I guess so. So that that, that definitely make, made the um, jamboree trip a little bit better. Absolutely, yeah. But but of course, all good things come to an end, and it was Sunday, and it was time to leave. Yeah. So of course we packed up all the stuff slowly but surely, packed both FJs, and we ended up turning a six to seven hour trip into a 12-hour trip oh man we we ended up driving the fj home in four high yeah 50 50 split yeah running about 60 miles an hour with 50 percent power uh. stopping every two hours to let the disc cool down <laughs> wow yeah that's that makes for a long trip for sure yeah uh, honestly i wouldn't have tried it if the fj wasn't a six, a six MT. Yeah, yeah, you're because right. Because because it has the um, all-wheel drive drivetrain. Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. So, doing what you've done, uh, modifying what you've done, um, do you have any tips besides, you know, breaking your differential? Um, do you have any tips for people that are looking to fit 37s, that are looking to go long travel, uh, that are looking to do what you've done? you got any tips for them? So, honestly, honestly, do your research. Don't just dive into it. Before I put 37s, before I put long travel on the FJ, I had probably about two or three weeks of research. Yeah. To see if it was even possible. Yeah. I talked to several guys with the same LT kit. I talked to several guys fitting 37s on an FJ. Got their point of view on it. Got their, what they ran into. And then I fit it to my application. Yeah. And also, one of my big tips is don't go cheap on anything. Buy quality parts right off the get-go so you're not rebuying over and over again. It's going to cost you in the end. It'll always cost you in the end, and you'll always end up spending the same amount of money. Yep, you got it. Those are, those are valid points, absolutely. Absolutely. So what's, uh, what's, what's next on your, uh, on your truck? Did you get your well, differential uh, under control? Um, right now... As we speak, the truck is sitting in the backyard with some 37s mounted on the front and some 30-inch tires mounted to the rear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, 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 hasn't, it hasn't moved since Jamboree. Oh, wow. Um, I'm actually waiting on a full custom axle from Curry Ooh. to be built. Oh, so nice. That's, so that's in the, in the works. We're doing a... Um, a low pinion Dana 60. Yeah. Measured out to um, 72 inches, which is um, six inches over um, factory width. For the oh, man. Of course, with all the goodies, the ARB air locker and yeah. 488 gears and all of that. Yeah. Do, are you locked in the front already? I am not locked in the front. Okay. Um, one of my reasons for not locking the front right now is because um, is because I did not know how the 37s would act on the front diff. Yeah, right. Um, of course, now the the front diff is the only stock part left of the drivetrain besides the transmission and the transfer case. And it didn't break. It did not break, but the <laughs> meat the the meat of the 37 I feel might have something to do with it breaking if I had a front locker. Yeah, it's, it's possible. Yeah. So as long as I can keep both wheels on the ground, I have a track, which is a, yeah, which is a, a definite, a definite heavy hitter. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very good tool. Absolutely. But I am looking to do a front locker now since I've got a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> good. And spare axles, right? Yeah, and spare axles. Very good. So, um, where uh, where can people uh, look you up to see some pictures of your ride? Um, we're we're going to post some pictures of your truck on um, on the Toyota Trucks and Trails podcast page, so people can check them out. But if people want to follow you on uh, social media, where, where should they go? So you can follow me on Instagram at it's magic i t z underscore magic. Okay. And. And you can follow me on Snapchat if you want. We always post good 
good fun stuff at the same at the same um tag it's magic okay sounds good sounds good well michael i want to thank you for being the first uh, first guest on this new segment i hope uh hope people like it and uh, we can keep doing this because it's definitely been fun uh, thank you for having me, Dan. It's yeah. definitely an honor being the first person on this segment. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Well, nice having you on here. Thank, thank you for the invite, Dan. Yes, sir. Take Have care. Have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty. Uh, once again, want to say uh, thanks to Dan for kind of taking this idea and, and running with it a little bit. Um, the, if the listeners out there want to, uh, you know, want to have Dan talk to him about their truck or know somebody that's got a cool truck, feel free to reach out to us and, and uh, we'll put you in, in touch with Dan or, or uh, you know, kind of kind of give him an idea that that you're there and want to do it. And uh as well, if if you have ideas for segments for the show and that kind of stuff, um, folks, hit us up. Let us know. Um, we have said from the beginning that we want to do we want to do this podcast for the community. We want to offer the community what what you folks want to hear. So, uh, you know, let us uh, let us know what you want to hear. Absolutely, so, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> Go ahead. Sounds like that's a wrap. All righty. Well, folks, we will uh, we'll wrap it up there. Um, I do have a I, I do have a request uh, for for our listeners, um, folks. If you if you enjoy the podcast, um, we we would appreciate it so so much if you would uh, share what we're doing with with your Toyota friends and and uh, you know people that that aren't aware of the show. Um, we're constantly trying to grow this thing and and get more listeners and that kind of stuff and and we we need your help to do that. So uh, you know if there's a a particular episode that you enjoyed or or whatever the case is, uh, make sure you share that on on social media and that kind of stuff and let let your friends know that that uh, that you listen to us and that we're here. Also, uh, we haven't we haven't got any you know any kind words on on iTunes any you know nice reviews and that kind of stuff and we appreciate that stuff too so um, if uh, if you feel so inclined go to uh, if you listen to us on iTunes go to iTunes and give us a uh, a nice uh, rating and review it's it's always appreciate appreciated and definitely subscribe definitely subscribe but. Uh, other than that, definitely, Rich, definitely subscribe. Yes, definitely, De- definitely, 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 definitely yeah. subscribe. I'm a good driver. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very good driver. <laughs> <laughs> Showing our age with that one. Yes, our younger listeners aren't even going to know that. No true. idea. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, folks. Um, if you want to. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us and you know tell us how great a job we're doing or how you know not great of a job we're doing, you can uh, you can do so through our website at toyotatrucksandtrails.com. You can follow us on Facebook at Facebook slash TTAT Podcast. Uh, we are on Instagram at Toyota Trucks and Trails Podcast. We are also on Twitter, Twitter at TTAT Podcast. Uh, I actually got some uh, 
some video and audio content from the uh, the coal, Man, coal mine cruiser classic expo run. And uh, I'm going to, uh, over the next couple of days, hopefully have time to uh, to get a video together and get it on our YouTube channel. So if you don't want to miss that, go to uh, make sure you go to YouTube and and uh, get subscribed to our our YouTube channel. Um, Rich, do you have anything else, my friend? Nope. Well, let's pinch it off. All righty, folks. Well, uh, thanks again for listening. Um, oh, we did forget one thing. Um, don't forget to check out our show sponsor, Southeast Overland. Um, when you go to Southeast Overland, make sure to use the uh, promo code TTAT for a, uh, for a discount on, on all orders from Southeast Overland. And um, be sure to follow what's going on at the FJ Summit, which is about to commence out in Array, 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 um, Colorado. <laughs> the FJ Summit has been going on since uh, 2006 or 2007 and is a huge FJ Cruiser event. It's capped, so I believe it's a little late for anyone to go in. Um, and, uh, of course, there's a good deal more forerunners this year, but, you know, whatever. Nothing's perfect. So um, that's going on. And Steve from Southeast Overland is out there. So be sure to follow his page and follow his adventures out in, at the uh, summit and uh, in and around Moab, uh, where he is right now, uh, having a good time. I saw some of his uh, some of his uh, fun funnings uh, that he's been posting on, on Facebook. So be sure and check that out. Yeah, it looks like uh, looks like he's having a great time. Um I know uh, I wish I was there. I'm sure you do too, Rich. But uh, one of these days we're going to make it out to that event. So uh, it obviously. Yeah, while it's, you know, while there still is a FJ Summit, we should probably stop by. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to work on that. You know, when it, it doesn't sell out in, you know, 45 seconds or whatever it did this year. Yeah. Yeah. And when we have the endless budget to just drop everything. Right. 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 There's that too. All righty, folks. <laughs> Rich, if, <laughs> if you don't have anything else, we'll, we'll close it up here. Thanks for listening. All right. However you go about it, folks, get out and enjoy your Toyota. Toyota.